and welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast, Season 6, Season 6, Episode 1. My name is Brandon Curry. Where's everybody? Oh, there's... Hey, oh, Lindy. Hey, here I am, Trevor Lindy. How, We're mixing it, it up today. It's the Brandon and Lindy show. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what? That's right. <laughs> to our listeners, thank you. Thank you for everyone. You know, we just wanted, uh, Trevor and I wanted to come on right now and um, just, you know, talk about the Blue Jays home opener. Um, hey, hey, Trev, we're, we're um, did you go to the Blue Jays home opener? I did not go to the Blue Jays home opener. Oh, oh, I didn't either because I wanted to discuss about the Blue Jays home opener. But um, do you know who went to the Blue Jays home opener? Um, just for our audience that people are watching us live. I'm just curious. Our former hosts or co-hosts. Our former co-hosts, they went, oh, they went, yeah, they, they that's went. right. It was a last minute decision at yeah. the last minute to go and not tell us to, to go. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We were left okay. out. No, I just wanted to make, we were this left This is out. fantastic we're that just, their uh, mics are muted and we can't actually hear them. 100%. Because they're probably cursing and swearing right now. 100% they are. Because you know what, Trev? You and I just made a last minute decision right now just to start off season six, episode one without them. Did we not? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's crazy. Rook, thank you very much. All right, fine. Let the douches back in, please. That's fine. Just wanted to kind of give it to them. There we go. Douches? Oh, I just hey. thought we we're going to be professional and not say bad stuff. That isn't bad stuff. Douches. That's douches. not bad stuff. Where's, where I did guess Bondo it is go? a cleansing material. Where did Bondo go? Is he gone? He's back and getting more tickets for us. <laughs> There's no cursing right, or anything. Well, He's laughing in the background. He was yep. what? No, we're just laughing in the background because it was such a great day. His feed. Uh, oh, oh, his feed cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think Lindy right, sabotaged well, him. I think he sabotaged him. Is that what it is? Right. Hey, yeah. you know what? Uh, give me one second. I'm going to go grab. Uh, it's um, It's a book that I picked up the other day. It's pretty funny. Okay, it's go ahead. I don't mind that this is it feels like a Maple Leaf book for some reason. What do you think, Curry? I think I think so. You think he's going to take the take the piss out of the Leafs making it? He probably spent money on it too. It, uh, That's crazy. It's a comedian. He's got uh, he's three books. Seen these? It's this one is called Mike Hunt smells like fish. Have you seen Are you him? Kidding me? Yeah, you haven't no, seen I them. Can't, oh, and I, I can't say shit on the podcast. <laughs> Trevor can read that. What? No, no, no. What? Hold on, hold on. Mike Hunt smells like fish. Mike Hunt smells like fish. Mike Hunt gets so oh, hairy. Father of the Mike year, Trevor Lindy, everybody. Reads. Father of the year. <laughs> it can be kind of scary. Okay, Mike okay, Hunt cut. Loves to cut. Squirt. Okay, what? yeah, we Is got it. Is it getting we too bad? It. Jeez, why are it's pretty good? Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. What are the other books? Mike you Hunt said you had gets, three books. Oh, I didn't buy all three of them, but he he authors three of them. So he says, and gets wet easily. Mike Hunt once got crabbed and scratched endlessly. Tre Tre Trevor Lindy Mike is Hunt. no longer affiliated with professional podcasts. We have to put that. Yeah, at the apparently, bottom. it's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you. Mike Hunt gets Thank ingrown you. Great hair. minds think alike. Collects rookie. toys. Mike Hunt. Okay, got has it. Got it. Got it. Hey, Lindy. Good. What you really yep. don't like this? This is pretty hilarious. It is very funny, but we are the professional insights into any potential sponsors. Um, yeah, 
That was just a. So, well, I guess we didn't need sponsorships after ghosts. all, eh, Curry? Bad <laughs> no, ghost. Not. He's the uh, the author of the book, and uh, let me call what the That's Trevor Lindy. He does mortgages for people, so if you want to read that book, he'll throw it in. <laughs> We'd like to thank Trevor. Final show yeah. on the podcast. Final show. Yeah, on the thank Trevor for his five years okay. with the podcast. Um, severance packages in the mail. Okay, so here's his other two books. Mike okay. Litt shouldn't oh be hard to find. And Rookie, can you put up we're looking for new mortgage professionals? We're interviewing immediately for a podcast position. Here, I'll, I'll just put that one up there. Or is it? There we go. We're, oh, you can't we're, even we're, read it. Okay. It says, uh, my big black, referring to bird. Okay. Books are we got it. Okay, perfect. All right, where's where did Bondo go? I don't feel as uncomfortable as I have in a while. <laughs> you you feel uncomfortable. And to anyone that's watching us right now, I literally pretty- said, "Hey guys, how's it going?" <laughs> hey, you hey, just Bondo, missed the most uncomfortable there. presentation ever, Bondo. Look at that book there, boss. Oh, look at that. Look at that that's picture, hilarious. eh? <laughs> yeah, those, yeah, those are three picture. guys. Look at that. <clears throat> I saw the whole presentation and I logged off intentionally. <laughs> yep, I agree. We are interviewing for new professional uh, mortgage people. Bond, you know anybody? <laughs> we love oh, you God, guys. Can't handle the great comedic Murray. Who can? It's okay. No, gonna people who don't can? usually who can appreciate right the anyways. comedic humor. I loved it. I don't know. They're telling me they're t- they're replacing me because of this wonderful book. What does oh it my say? God. No, let's not. We, yeah, uh, yeah. And here I am to everyone that that's that that was listening that, that you didn't know before. I was saying to Jeff, I'm like, hey Jeff, no swearing, okay? Keep it no clean. Swearing. We're trying to get, we're keep it clean. We're trying to get. Sponsors. And he said, you know, like, and yeah. and hold hold on, let's be clear. I made sure to enunciate very well, Mike Hunt. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Put, I had Trevor Lindy's phone number up there in case anybody wants to contact him. Any mothers out there or anything like that? What do we got here? We got it here. Direct contact line for him. No, 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 no. <laughs> it can easily be Those are one of those close to being enunciated words that are taboo. <laughs> so, hey, well, hey, listen, 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 listen. Give him, give, cut him some slack. Nope. He's a Habs fan. Oh, no, wait, hey, Leaf fans don't even mention the other team. Abs fans talk about us. Leafs fans don't talk about them. I'm just saying. I, listen. Only be- I said cut him some slack. He's a Habs fan, right? Nope, can't That's even mention saying, Habs. <laughs> Leafs fans are so consumed with themselves that they don't have time to talk about any other team. Well, Habs fans are consumed with Leafs, so what's that say? No, it's not true. I Leaf fan would never read that book on air. Are you sure? Yep. I bet you if I got you the Mike Lit book, you would. No. No. That's very, okay. that's very habish. Is it? <laughs> All right. Is it the so francophone in uh, them? Whoa! Now, now he's okay, insulted everybody. Holy no, moly! No, no, no. We've offended the whole the female demographic, and now the French people. Oh, no, <laughs> well, at least no. at least somebody found our post funny, and he's they're watching it live. Um, Thanks, Dr. Wayne. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, 
Doctor Wang, but no, Doctor Wayne. Oh, anyways, <laughs> Pondo is going to be busy after this show, yeah. right? All right, what for? So, okay, so let's 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 get back to the brass tacks. Let's get back to the brass tacks right here, okay? All right. So there's a lot that happened in the last month since we've been on air. Mm. Um, you know, we took a little bit of a hiatus going into season six, wanted to make sure that it was all taken care of, right? Like, fair enough. It was all good. So, um, mm. let's start with Lindy. You want to update everyone on the interest rates and what's <laughs> happening and all that jazz. And we'll go from there and then we'll start that comment conversation. I think that'll lead, lead into real estate, which I know Collins and Bondo wanted to talk about too, just to kind of get that all up, up in our arms too. So yeah, for sure. Lindy. Go ahead. So uh, key points that uh, last, uh, not last week, sorry, this week, uh, on Wednesday, the 12th, Bank of Canada met. Uh, they decided to hold the overnight lending rate uh, at 4.5%. Um, so we're seeing 6.7 out there from the, the bank prime lending rate right now. Um, they... Uh, they have hinted that there is a chance of further increases. Um, some of that has to do with like, what they're claiming it has to do with is the fact that um, unemployment rate is very high right now. Uh, inflation, although cooling, still hasn't uh, cooled enough, I guess you could say, uh, for their liking. And uh, the the wage increase demand is there. There's a lot of pressure in raising, raising um, employment rates. Uh, excuse me, employment wages. Um, so that's really putting a lot of pressure on the overall market. And that's why they, the Bank of Canada is keeping their finger on the pulse. Uh, the fact of the matter is Bank of Canada um, is watching what the U.S. Federal Reserve is doing, right? So last month, uh, Powell decided to increase by a quarter point. Um, what else is there? Uh, but where do they go from here, Trev? Like, I mean, like... Uh, like what, what you know where's the government like where's the prediction in terms of which gear they shift now right because i mean our our, our unemployment is low all, 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 almost all time lows yeah yeah for right sure now, right? right and but uh, we have such strong immigration targets and immigration numbers yeah <laughs> right so it's but uh, then but then but you have to then start kind of looking more micro economies as opposed to macro right and sure. and i know yeah. i i know we're very dependent on you know the whole global economic machine yes but but what's what's at one point for... in time is is canada the bach gonna say like okay well look at we, we we've got our finger on the pulse here and things are good and uh you know maybe we can shave a point or two Right now, so a lot of most economists in Canada are saying that uh, rates are going to hold steady through the rest of 2023 until we start to see some drops into 2024. There are a small handful of economists that are saying that we could see rates drop later this year like into 2023. Yeah. So yeah, Q3, Q4, kind of all depending on on who you think how or, deep or it who is. you're listening to, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, that's so right. those are definitely some to, to be mindful. Bondo, to your point, absolutely. You know, there's, you know, currently, a, you know, a small global financial, you know, um, uh, financial recession on our hands, right? Where where there's some issues that have arisen, Silicon Valley Bank, um, other stuff going on around the world. Um, so 
they're keeping an eye on that sort of stuff. Uh, our dollar has held strong, you know, compared to uh, um, to our U.S. Uh, trade partner, which is good. Um, you know, what else can I really? Well, say? yeah, no, we haven't we haven't been on, uh, you know, since the, the you know the little we won't call it a banking crisis, but the little banking blip, right? Like, yeah, it's been for a month, sure, right? Yeah. It's been a month since we've yeah. done, right? Yeah, sorry, I should yeah. say yeah, financial. So- yeah, financial crisis, not recession. Yeah, yeah. we're not yeah, there the little, yet. The little, technically, based on numbers, no, we're not there yet. Um, we're probably going to start seeing the decline in about the second month of qu- quarter two. So around, you know, around May, middle of May, end of May is when you're going to start seeing some sort of a slowdown. But we won't get those numbers until end of June, beginning of July. Just, just, just the way yeah. that the the that they read it. Yeah. Um, we do have markets depending on the indice is pricing in a some sort of an interest rate drop right now uh, towards the end of 2023. But to Trevor's point, that might be more U.S. than than Canada, mainly being that, you know, when they move, that's when we're going to move because we got to keep our our currency fairly competitive because of how strong the greenback is compared relative to to Canada. Just globally. Right. And on a global stage, we have an export driven economy, whereas they, the U.S. has a, a consumer driven economy. And so when you get that, um, y- y- we need to keep our uh, currency pretty competitive in order mm-hmm. to keep driving those exports. Um, so when you guys talk about that little banking blip there, though, I think our listeners need to hear a comment from, you know, Trevor and or Brandon. I mean, Jeff and I are a little bit of fish out of water, I think when it comes uh, to a more in-depth analysis of that, but you guys are a little bit more apt. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mark, I mean, Trevor, Trevor can speak to it from a more of a, of a mortgage perspective on how that was related. I mean, just, but from why the banking system failed the number 16th and number 23rd largest bank in, in the U S both went under um, that was Sterling and SVB, which was number 16, or, or uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, but they were the ones that had a, a ton of, of deposits. So basically, they were the ones that were lending to these uh, startup, risky, high-risk um, Silicon Valley companies. But the- Tech companies to, mostly, probably, which would, right? Which would be getting hundreds of millions of dollars in, in venture capitalist financing. Um, because, and so they would be, because of that deposits, normally banks want, you know, like say 10% or 20%, you know, skin in the game. SVB not necessarily would ask for that as long as they had all their deposits at the bank. Well, what ended up happening is, is when interest rates increased, their bond prices that they had locked in decreased, yet they were still loan, they were still loaning out money at, at, you know, prices that, that, where they were getting their money from, they were securing their loans from in order to, right? Because Trevor, you yeah. said on multiple occasions that, you know, five-year fixed rate mortgages are mainly based on mm-hmm. bond prices, not the overnight lending rate. Yeah. And so when you are borrowing tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in order to loan out to corporations or to people for mortgages, and your bond prices and yields are going up through the roof, so the cost of you borrowing is going through the roof and you've lent out based on your old cost of borrowing, right? At f- a five-year fixed or in, in, in the U.S., you can go 30-year fixed on some cases, right? Depending on depending on the asset. 
um, you have all that happening. And the next thing you know, it's that's where it goes upside down. Uh, I don't know, Trev, do you, do you have any other? Well, the only other thing that I'll, I'll point out, like with SVB, when Trump was in power, they basically, in a nutshell, deregulated the yeah. the industry a little bit more, right? Like they, they reduced. So in Canada, we've got CDIC, Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation, to protect your deposits. Uh, the U.S., it's FDIC. and What's the guarantee on the deposits, Trev? I, oh, do you know? I used oh, in, to know, in like the when I used to FDIC? sit in. Yeah. FDIC, FDIC just got increased to 250,000. And isn't but Canada, it was 100. CDIC Canada's is already still, at 250? No, it's at 100,000. So is it 100? Okay. It's been so long yet. since I've I was sat at 10 yesterday time. and they said 250 is guaranteed. I asked them specifically that. 250 on deposit? Yeah. Oh, so each person. So me and Jill both put in 250 separately. It'd be each, but on a joint account, 250. Okay. Yeah. So technically, like if you were to do that, Collins, you can get 250 in your name, 250 in Jill's name, yeah. and 250 joint. In a joint. You have 750,000 protected, right? So, but the in the U.S., the deregulation that Trump did, I believe it was 2018, um, that they ended up reducing the uh, the thresholds in requirements for the insurance, basically saying that there's too much red tape, uh, you know, and protections in place. So they rolled them back and which in turn kind of squashed, um, uh, it put, it put SVB under the threshold. I believe the threshold was 200 or 250 billion, uh, on deposit, something crazy like that. And, uh, they, they lower or SVB ended up being like a hundred and I think it was 200 billion and SVB had like 178 billion or something like that on deposit. See, this is but the problem. Listen. I think everybody knew when they raised the interest rates as quick as they did in such a short amount of time, there's going to be collateral damage and casualties here, right? There's going to be fallout for sure. Well, this is definitely. What I, it was just, it was way too fast. So one thing I can tell you right now, like, and, and I'm not speaking ill of Scotiabank, but Scotiabank last year still had, so 2021, very, very aggressive interest rates. Beginning of 2022, still very aggressive interest rates. And they had a lot of pre-approvals on the system, a lot of rate guarantees locked in that as time progressed, they don't, like every lender, every lender doesn't go out and buy 100% of the money that they need to lend out, right? Because they they hedge on the fact that they, you know, for every pre-approval, they do say 20% of them are going to turn into live deals. 80% of them don't. So why are they going to go and buy 100% worth of money that they're not going to lend all of it out? Sure. Anyways, because of that, Scotiabank, unfortunately, um, you know, they claim they've lost a lot of money last year because well, they, they were down. Wasn't their share down like 20? Their share has been 24% down 24% or something like that. They were down. Yeah. I don't, I don't, don't quote me on the exact, but they were down significantly if I'm not mistaken last yes. year. Yep. Yeah. Their share price has been down. So right now the reality is Scotiabank is out to lunch on rates, right? They're not, uh, they're not putting their best foot forward. It's by design. But but now when you think about it from 30,000 feet with hindsight being 2020 always, 
they're buying a lot of they're issuing a lot of mortgages at cheap debt at cheap ratios right like a lot of people i i feel scotia was a, a big player when your mortgage rates were one percent one and a half percent right oh a hundred percent like and and if you look at like if i look at just my book of business the amount of business that i was doing with scotia in 2020 yeah. 2021 even into the beginning of 2022 and then it very quickly tapered off because they were so much higher than everybody else right and i now. love scotia like so uh, do i um, you know the reality is a lot of customers that i have coming up for renewal and we've been talking about this as a brokerage you know this year anybody that has a mortgage maturing at scotia bank reach out to your your broker lender reach out to me how, you know however you want to do it and seriously look at your mortgage as competitive as uh as what they have been in the past trevor's given a free book with every mortgage right now <laughs> jesus um okay so first of all let's just um <clears throat> no no trev we're done we're, we, we no 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 uh it's just I, the name Gonzalez, joe gonzalez says rock on trev though he's got your back i know <laughs> yeah joe <laughs> <And> a boy <laughs> joe um uh, i wonder if he was Hello, saying that when i was reading the book oh yeah Huh? Yeah, he was. That's I think why he wrote the book. I think he wrote the book. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's his, that's his uh, Ghost Raider name. Anyway. See, but so this is the actual we're gonna, author. Go Leafs. Yeah, yeah. Go Leafs. Hey, wasted that kind of looks like Joe. For, thanks for tuning in. No, it doesn't look like Joe. No, it doesn't even look like Joe. Uh, high waste time yell. games. Thanks very much. Hey, everyone, everyone that's watching, no. we know we've got a couple hundred people watching right now. So if you're watching and you've got any questions, thousands. Right now, we are gonna go, thousands. We're going, we're go going Leafs. to Botswana. has got to, thousands uh, of fans. Go Leafs. We're going to, uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, go through our topics right now, but just by, by all means, definitely uh, and, shoot the questions off. We know Mitch so, Burner's watching right now, and it was a good shot. Nice try, Mitchie. Oh. You know what happened is Hall hit him in the ass arse, at least twice. He hit Mitch with the puck. Here, Mitch. Yeah. I'm trying to clear the zone. Wow. <laughs> Justin Hall will be the top defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens next year. D1. Five million a year, right. five so, years. So, Collins and Bondo, you guys wanted to talk about the, okay, wait, 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 wasted time games. The cost <clears> of living <throat> crisis is real, and I feel like that the late 20s, early 30s are getting screwed by, screwed the most. Um. You know what? Great comment. There was a great comment actually. If you if you read my You're if you go on right my LinkedIn, it, eh? yeah, no, and and fair enough, and and that's 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 a fair that's a fair comment. There was a there was a a great article in the Global Mail. It was an opinion opinion piece that I shared on my my LinkedIn. Put some context to 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 the article, and you know, being I guess what what they call us. I think they call us elder millennials or zennials or whatever they want to call us because we're right at the end. We aren't established yet. Can't even buy a house. He's right. Um, he, she, I think it's, sorry, wasted time games. I just used he, sorry, I'm assuming. Um, and so anyway, my, my point being is they've got, they've got points. Um, but the problem is, is you can't believe every story that you hear or you read because in that particular, the, the Globe and Mail article that it started off with basically said, um, you know, oh, very much like we, I, hey, boomers. It basically, it was a re uh, a reference to boomers. 
Okay, but identify as pissed off at the interest <laughs> rates and cost of living. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good for you. That was very good, actually. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. Um, so uh, anyway, I was just going to say that basically, but, you know, hey, boomers, I can't get to where I, uh, you know, where you were at my age, et cetera, et cetera. And then the person writing the article basically said, well, you know, uh, you know, five, six years ago, you know, when I had my former, you know, retail store, which is no longer in existence, it's like, okay, well, stop for a second. That That's a that's a key piece to the the story. Well, what retail store were you in? Where was the retail store? How much money did you sink in? What kind of investments did you make? How much money did you lose? Because that has a significant financial impact on Why where you're you moving have a retail store. <laughs> Why did you have a retail store? Like, I mean, like famously, so like Collins, I'm just going to pick on you for just a second and not pick. I mean, just pick you, but here's a guy uh, you have now been one of the top realtors in the Niagara region for how many years? Uh, six. Right. And, Not last year and, how long have, and how long have you been <laughs> a realtor for? 15, 20, 15, 19, 19 years. Okay. So Crazy. here, okay. To everyone that's watching, you know, he'll go on and saying that he just built his home and he just built his dream home. And that is true and good for him. He just did first it. dream home. Okay. First dream home. So his his and Jill's. But so right. But <laughs> let's put this in the context. He lived in his childhood home up until a year ago. He grew up in the same house that he lived in with his family of two kids and his wife. Like it was like But, was but I, I purchased from my father, so it's not like I was living with my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I no no, but my you parents get I purchased free. at We're, twenty-seven. Which you purchased, yeah, like 13, 14, 15 years ago, no? Mm, 20. <laughs> I purchased it as soon as I became a realtor, actually. Right. So you took the more conservative route, is my point, um, and, and lived very, very modestly considering your income and your success, is my point. So I don't disagree with what's going on right now, and I don't. Uh, we obviously, all four of us, do not agree with the mortgage rules. We do not agree with the interest rates and how the Bank of Canada is heading. All of those are valid, valid points, and you are a hundred percent correct. Wasted time games and talking animals. You are a hundred percent correct. However, part of that financial picture as well are the financial choices that you do make leading up to those decisions. Um, and I lived in a condo for. <clears throat> like that I bought in 2008 during the recession um, and it was an elderly uh, lady um, that I bought it off of and it went for far under value because it was the recession and she was scared and she just wanted to offload it so I did take advantage of it but I stayed there for five six years you took advantage of the and old lady no but meaning uh, of it being listed lower than okay. I knew of, the of the time was. of the time of okay. the time okay. at the time okay. it was 08 yeah I, didn't, I just wanted to clarify listed very no, it was listed by a realtor who didn't know what they didn't know what they didn't do the, their due diligence. So it was clear. And we bought that privately uh, off the realtor. But my point being is you have to somehow uh, you have to start small and build. And all before you walk, walk before you run, run before you sprint. I, 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 I lived in my in-laws basement for a full year as a lawyer. 
Right. Like, so I mean, there's it a wasn't... lot of things that people don't see. Well, and right? this they... is a this is a problem with today's buyers. A lot of Thank them want to the have way. that brand new house right out the gates. You know, doesn't but a work nice that way. big house too. Like you know what I mean? Like well, uh... I can't afford a million dollar house. No, you can't. Nobody can buy the first house a million dollar house or should be able to. You know, go, go live where... in the sun. You don't have to be in the the center of the GTA to buy your first house. But then where they where well, these and... people get caught though is that. The the entry level right now is five six hundred thousand for anything moderately decent, right? Yeah. So when you look at, for example, when you look at what the average, if you look at my dad, who my mom and dad, and my dad, you know, was the sole breadwinner uh, at, at the time when they purchased, right? When they built, I think I want to say they built. This is Niagara for anyone that's watching, just to put that into context. I think they want to say they they built in nineteen eighty. Uh, when was Mal born? I believe it was 1984 is when they built. And um, Mal 39? And basically host, Cryer Media. You can't even leave the GTA. Oh, that's cool. I think that's, I think that's rookie. Um, anyway, <laughs> it, it's... Uh, um, what, so what's hard though for the, the, the people trying to get in the market, right? So like the individuals that are fortunate enough to already be in the market... They're seeing their dollars and cents grow so much faster versus somebody that's saving to buy their first house or right to save up that 20. Yeah. They're renting, saving up say $25,000 to buy that first home. They're almost losing money when you think about it because of how much the value of houses are climbing in the time period. But it's right. jurisdiction so. too, right? It's jurisdiction, right? Because look, at we sold a house in Timmins, and don't get me wrong, I, lo- I love Timmins. It'll always have my heart. But I don't know if that house today, 10 years later, would be worth the same. If we'd get the and same, no one- I, I, don't, I think we, we, we would arguably get less or very marginally the same, right? So... The jurisdiction that you're looking in, if you're being choosy about your jurisdiction, especially when it's Southern Ontario or other parts, you definitely probably have lost that privilege in terms of being choosy in terms of the jurisdiction with which you live or raise a family. Yeah, but if that's, and if that's this, where you're working, then how do you... Well, if you can't just, afford well, to just, live in the jurisdiction that you're working, guess what? Unfortunately, you, you probably have to work somewhere else. Yeah, but at the end of the day, a job isn't always the easiest thing to do, right? No, no, but time out here. The, the, Jobs you everywhere right advantage. now. <laughs> okay, you, do you agree? Okay, so talking animals, do you agree that once you leave the GTA, you can't afford to ever come back? I wouldn't go no. that far, and here's why. I'm not saying you're wrong, but you're it's not necessarily true. And here's, here's, here's a strategy that I would do. If assuming you, you have a full-time job that you love and a career that you love and it's in the GTA and that's what you want to go to. Okay. But you can't afford a home. Do you, if you have the ability to move in with a friend and split rent or to move back home and to live there for a couple of years, what I would do is find a place, Niagara, I just throwing it out there, Niagara, Fort Erie, um, you know, maybe a bit North, where you can buy, where you can buy your principal residence, okay, and 
buy it and take advantage of the principal residence exemption. So your money to what Trevor was trying to say is you, is parked in a more cheaper area, but it's growing faster than the market. And it's at least you're in the market. So as the lower income starts to go up, so does the so does the higher income. So your 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 down payment in, in in essence is growing at the same rate. Whereas the minute you come to see someone like me, which but we'll touch on the first home savings account later on in the show, mm -hmm. um, because that's not up and running yet. But up until now, the tools that I have available is RSP and tax free savings accounts. And the minute that you say to me that you want to use this money uh, within the next three to five years, I, you automatically become a conservative investor because the the account itself is is dictating. Uh, 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 retirement or tax-free savings account, long-term investing, whereas the first home, first-time home saving account is mainly it's only for buying a home, buying your first home. So you're able to take on a bit more risk in those in those accounts because the whole purpose is to use it within the next three to five to ten years. Like you have to use it, right? Have to use it in fifteen. So I think it was eh? You have to <laughs> use it in fifteen years. Correct. Can you it's, do that? The majority. Can you do that at the same time with that RSP loan, Trev? Yes, you can. can you do both at the same time? Both. There's a lot of vehicles. If you talk to people who know what they're doing. Well, this is brand new, get Jeff. A home. This oh, is I know, brand I, new. I know, I know that part, but the RSP loan's not. No. And you use that in conjunction with, with that, and you've got a vehicle to get a down payment. That's the biggest problem for most buyers right now is the down payment. Because let, let's not you know, lie here. Your rent that most people are paying now is about the same price of, of a, a lower-end home. Okay. Yep, 100%. The problem yep. with today's buyers or first time buyers, they want a brand new house in the middle of GTA. It's not going to happen. No. Right. And we all say this on, on the podcast. Yeah. Crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you sprint. Right. Yep. So like all of us is pretty much said on here, Curry, you said you started in a condo. I lived in my family mm -hmm. home. You lived in your parents' basement as a lawyer. No one's going to look at a lawyer and think, oh, you're living in your parents' basement. Yeah. But you know what? We did. We in had loss. to. And we sacrificed to get to a point. Well, we were more financially stable. So we were, you know, walking before we run. Then we got financially stable, which might have been after we sold our first house onto the second house, which I'm just on my second house now yeah. at 46 years old. Me too. Being a top agent in six years. But mind you, there's different circumstances because I had to fund a building company and all that. But I took that risk. I could have lost everything I had doing that too. But when you look at buyers today, you're just want? you're just in your new house is yeah. the the more the the more important point, Jeff. Right? Because yeah. you're you're almost fifty now, and you just recently. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm almost forty-seven. <laughs> okay, let's let's not get there. But but the point here is that as a first-time buyer, you don't need to have a house to live with your girlfriend or significant other or by yourself and have no one there. You can buy a entry-level house, a detached house, an attached house, a condo. If you can get a detached house, now they've changed in Ontario where you can make an accessory apartment in the basement, as long as you're not changing yeah. the square footage, and rent that out because rents are astronomical right now. So you take that basement and you turn it into a $2,000 to $2,500 a month rental, and that's chopping off. What's that chopping off? $400,000 off your mortgage price, right? Yeah. At two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, five hundred dollars every hundred thousand, it's a much more affordable price. But people say, "I don't want to live with renters. It's not convenient. It's not convenient. It sucks. Guess what? Suck it yeah. up. Yeah. Suck it up. Live uncomfortable for a little while. You'll survive. You're not going to die with renters in there. It's not convenient. You'll love it that much more when you get your own house. But maybe you got to sacrifice for five, maybe ten years if you're buying in your early twenties. 
But and we have on this podcast several clients in their twenties to mid twenties who have bought recently and doing the same oh, for thing. For sure. And, and but here, Kate. So but we need to. But people need to also mutually. You need to compartmentalize the argument. So it's okay, and you're 100% correct, as we've stated before. We, we, as the four of us, we do not agree with the mortgage rules. We do not agree with the new mortgage rules. We do agree with you that they punish buyers. You are being punished based on the new mortgage rules because of inaction of politicians. Politicians have known for the, net, the last 10 to 15 years due to demographies and demographics um, and the way that they were trending, that this, that, that one, just to put it into context, <laughs> one third of Canada's population lives between the Hamilton, GTA, and Montreal corridor. It's astronomical how many people live in this area. They all knew this was all coming. This was presented 10, 15. I vividly remember being in, 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 in presentations where experts were saying, hey, we're going to have a housing crisis soon if we don't get on this because of how people are moving. Now, that is mutually exclusive. And then on top of that, that is also tied into interest rates. Again, Bank of Canada not doing anything, our government not doing anything and just printing money, exacerbating infl inflation, exacerbating demand, and then turning around and you're raising interest rates and you're punishing the innocent people. You are legitimately... You you are legitimate in in how you're feeling. That is, but now, but now, but now let's a little bit step further. Let's let's you have to encapsulate those people that are really screwed, right? Because there is a portion of the population kind of smack dab in the middle, because the government is late to the game. That you know this mm -hmm. this first time home buyers account is going to have a practical benefit. Not now, <laughs> not today, right? So those people that are looking and you know what. You're in your late 20s, early 30s. You know what? You're pinched right now. You're pinched right now and you're going to probably be delayed. Give yourself about five, six years of putting money into one of these accounts between you and your partner and you will be able to afford to get into the market. That's See? part of the government's gear shift to, to enable first-time buyers, right? But you will 100%, in my opinion, be pushed back later than when we were able to get into the market. See, but, but all of us on this know that if you, for example, you say wait five years to buy, if you wait five years to buy, it's going to be even more expensive. So if you buy I, now and then you wait five years, you're probably banking 150 to 200 grand of equity, right? Which makes that next house even more affordable. I'm, I'm not saying wait five years to buy. I would never say that. My opinion is with real estate, get in the market as quick, quick as you can. Yeah. But there's certain people that it's just impossible for them to get in the market right now. Just without without help. Without, without help. help, right? So they'll be able to self-help probably within a period of five years if they start chipping away at this first-time account. And you know what? In five years between them and their partner, they can have a nice maybe $800,000 down payment. <laughs> And, and I just did a in. quick search in Niagara. Right now in Niagara, there's 114 properties available for sale that are under four hundred fifty thousand dollars. 114. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got so to be able to sacrifice and move. Yeah. You, you can take probably much any one of those with a, a modest salary or with two people. Potentially put a renter in the basement to make it way too affordable. Not live super comfortably because you are living with other rentals, and I don't want to do that anymore. But you're I'm not royalty at that I've point I've sacrificed in time. to do that. 
So if you could beg, borrow, steal, find family members, co-signers, RSP loans, you know, whatever you got to do to get in that one property. And guess what? The walls might suck. The kitchen might be ass, you know, you like you might have royalty. a furnish you need. Who you cares? You can't be royalty, right? You, you buy be it because in five years, you're going to make a significant gain of where we are in the market right now. So you buy it, you live in a room, it sucks. It's not your own house because you have to share it with someone else. And then you collect rent off those people, get good renters. Well, what's you know? the alternative, Jeff? Look at the rental market right now. Oh, it's a nightmare. It's insane. But, but, but this is another thing that the government doesn't do to protect us there. There's so many landlords out there that have piss poor tenants that aren't paying. They're taking advantage of it. They're professional renters. Yep. And if they were properly paying and being a good tenant, then it wouldn't be so bad. But they're a bad tenant. They're not paying rent. If they're out, there's another available property to rent. And there's there's probably a high percentage of, of, of tenants out there that take so, advantage of situations. Can we just okay, not protected? And everything, so everything is relative. They you always hear, and this is what you know, millennials and, and zoomers hear all the time, which is everything's relative. Well, okay, let's go back to 79, 80, 81. Well, they were double digit interest rates. Okay. Yeah, we if we go to that. double digit, if we go to double digit interest rates right now, you'd have a whole bunch of people bankrupt. End of story. Not even a question. Depression. Number two. Absolutely. My dad on the line at General Motors at the time, this is you know, at the beginning of his, of his, of his, um, career, um, was making, I think 15, $16 an hour at general motors, which at our that time, wage. right. Well, no, that now it's our minimum wage, yeah. but at 40, 40, so it'd be like 40,000, probably 45,000 after, after, um, overtime. Now, if he built a home, at $120,000, $130,000 back in those days. Now, keep in mind that high interest rates kept things artificially lower because of that, but not that much lower. He was building a home three times his salary. Okay. Now, good luck at buying. You need two incomes. That the average home in Canada, the average income in Canada right now is around $60,000. The average family of four in 2019 with two kids and two sole earners, two earners, um, you had uh, $120,000 a year with the average home price in Canada being $500,000. We're now approaching over five times the salary. Can I so, chime in on that? Yeah, go ahead, Trev. Sorry, just because Collins brought up Hundred and however many homes at four hundred and fifty thousand. If you look at a house, I, I just I wanted to run the calculations real quick. Minimum down would be twenty two five on four fifty. If the annual property taxes are say twenty eight hundred bucks. Well, I got twenty eight hundred here. Given the per qualified cost, to your the household, this is where it makes it impossible for people like the average household income right now is just shy of 126,000. Now if we rewind and this and we use five and a quarter, which was the rate we were able to use last year before interest rates climbed as high as what they did because the stress test is the benchmark which is five and a quarter or contract plus two for anybody yeah they got to do something with that stupid stress test that are now at this the point income in required on the old qualifier, which was five and a quarter, or the lower of the two qualifiers, is down to a little shy of 112000 right? So that's a $13,000 swing in income, which is 
substantial, right? How does a single person can't get into the market right now? Like I feel, I feel pain for these people. They can't get into you know the market. Yep. Even do, like double income households. Mm-hmm. Curry, to your point, you were making what's what's the that's the average, right? So that means sure, there's going to be households that are making three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year, but that also means there's going to be houses in that equation that are making sixty combined, oh, sure. two part time sure. jobs. A, yeah, no, right? Like it. And, and those people aren't able to get any further ahead. It, it now, it's disheartening. It right? The world's not now, fair. Here's, the world's not fair, right? Like it's not, it's not me. Not, well, not the stress test is not entitled fair. That's to the everything. problem right now. Not everybody's and I, not everything. Not everybody is entitled to everything. Well, but they are, like, but they, they, they don't. They it's don't, funny. Entitled, wasted but. time games said my nan bought her home for the, for what Galen Weston is charging us for bread today. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> and the reality is like Galen Weston, along with nice Metro one. and Sobeys, sat before the oh, House of Commons that's good. a month ago. Since since we last recorded or, or last went live till today, they yeah. went live before the House of Commons and try because you know they're being accused of price fixing. And Galen Weston had the nerve to tell the House of Commons and the Canadian population that he loses money on milk and eggs. And the only reason, so his company, to be clear, makes a million dollars per day profit, $365 million a year after everybody gets paid, including him with his, I believe, $11 million annual salary. Right. That's after everybody gets paid. The reason he's making $365 million is because of his ownership of shoppers and Joe Fresh gouging us then why is groceries cheaper at walmart for the identical item and still posting record profits well so no like so when you deep dive into those numbers and so that's where you're you're slightly incorrect because okay how you no know, what because because we know i know our firm had one third of our business is group benefits we know that the pharmaceutical industry is increasing drugs and prescription medication anywhere from 12 to 10 to 12 percent per year so where the margins are happening it is happening in the pharmaceuticals and it's also happening in the financial division of um of of galen weston or or the weston family so he's not actually incorrect in that the other thing that 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 was addressed in additional that profits, additional he's profits, not, right? He's, he's claiming shoppers and Joe fresh, nothing about PC financial, nothing about groceries. He's saying he's losing money on certain grocery items. So he is right. So PC because certain PC ones. financial is affiliated is affiliated, I believe with CIBC. Am I correct? Or is that simply? I know they used to be. Sim- yeah, it's right. simply so now, PC, right? So he's making his money. He's making his money on PC Financial. He's making his money on Joe Fresh. He's making his money on um, on on, on on the far, on, on, a little bit on groceries. But I now when you do price shopping, you are correct. Absolutely, his stores are a bit more expensive than your WalMarts of the world. But if you also look at the quality of the produce. Um, there's a great app that we use, our family uses, it's called Flip It. It, it does save quite a bit of money. Um, it's an app that actually has all the flyers on it. The price so comparison? You find, 
Yep. So you go and you, you go to your Metro or you go to your Canada's Canadian superstore and you go through the flip it app, you star all the ones that you want, and then you pick those exact items out in the Canadian superstore. And then what ends up happening is this Canadian superstore, which has, in my personal opinion, at least where we live, the Canadian superstore has better produce than the other competition. And we turn around and we get price matched. They match it. That. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So they'll price match everything. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit smarter too, because I'm trying like er everything is being squeezed right now. Um, but I want to get to another comment. Um, but before just, you get to this, another comment, Brent, we all squeezed when we were all raised, like we all kind of, we, yeah, we did. every single, I can't, I can't say definitively for Trev, but I believe so. Cause we haven't, I don't think had this discussion, but I know you Curry, I know you Collins and I know myself, like at the end of the day, if we don't have to spend that five bucks, we're not going to spend the five bucks. I hate spending that five bucks, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think some, <clears throat> some of the younger generation might be a little bit, looser to spend even that small $5 bill, but you know, even that $5 compounds over time. Right. So well, it's just maybe a, a little Starbucks bit of versus Tim Hortons. I go to Tim Hortons cause I'm too cheap to go to Starbucks. Yeah. $4 yeah, difference. Frugal, every time. Like if you frugal, because listen, the first it, time it, we're, it takes... we're, we're, we're sitting at a table, it'll be an art. It'll be a fight to, to see the first one who pulls out their, their, their visa and pays the bill. Right. Like, you know, so we're not cheap in the sense that, we don't want to pick up the tab or we don't want to buy things or enjoy things, but frugal in the sense that if, if I really don't need to spend that dollar or $5, $10, I'm not spending it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So my whole thing is, so let, let's just get to another question. So uh, you, you mad bro. Um, again, uh, you mad bro. Thanks very much for constantly watching the show and constantly Thank giving us comments. Same with wasted time games. Same with talking animals. Um, Jude or brew your own. Okay. So let's go to Jude's comment very, very quickly. Brew your coffee at home. It's even cheaper than Tim's. He is spot on. You want to save some significant cash. You're looking at a guy right here who's Starbucks every single day. Yeah. And we had to cut in different areas. And we now brew at home. I know that sounds like it's stupid, and I'm not making a Christina uh, Christian Freeland, Christina Freeland um, comment on. I'm just going to cancel Disney Plus. Well, no, but I'm also not uh, uh, the the deputy prime minister that or the minister of finance making. What does she make? Two hundred eighty thousand dollars a year. So, uh, and, and one of the main reasons why inflation is so high as it is. Um, good point, Jude. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks. I know for, Jude. Thanks Jude's a beauty. In. Um, so you mad bro, is it frustrating as advisors and realtors when first time buyers, young millennials don't understand logic and believe they are entitled to things. So, I mean, that is more on the Colin side, Trevor side. Then he follows it up with millennials and Gen Z believe they are entitled to everything without working for it or living uncomfortably soft Gen. All right. Um, so softer he, for sure, but. softer for sure. I mean, I guess the, but, but that is that stereotype in the whole generation. Is, there's a lot of lot of kids. There is. In that no, 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 no. But I mean, I'm blown for, away with how amazing they are and how hard they work. For at for, for the purpose of this, True. we have to speak in stereotypical terms, Jeff. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I see. I hate stereotypical terms. I know. I, I know. I know. My wife about this stuff. But you have to generalize because you're right. We probably shouldn't. But the the, the thought out there is that they they that generation has 
had a little bit more um, handed to them than than maybe the generations past. To me, right? it's all about clickbait. Like the amount of media out there that yeah. show you that the sky is falling and all that stuff, and people get brainwashed by that poop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon poop. There you go. Yep. Um, there you go. But Good job. like we huh. we all know and all have clients no, that are, are younger than that, and they just crush it. Like I know what I was doing when I was 22, 23, and it wasn't working to get in the house. And I have we have like five clients on this thing right here. That yeah. we all share, yeah, and they all work their asses off, but work their asses off, but and they see they see the light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> and by the time they're our age, they'll be so far ahead from where we are right now, guaranteed, because they have that great worth that work. But they also have right? good people advising in their them. lives. They're listening better, to us, better, right? without a doubt, and they're they are listening because I, I I tell you, honest to God, anybody within that generation that listens to us on here. They're going to advance themselves. I promise. You guys are going to be fine. Like I you promise Mad Rose, you, right? If you listen you to Rose. professional insight, you will be a millionaire. You, you Mad Bro, if, if <laughs> rookie, if you can put his, uh, his, her. Sorry, I don't know. I, this is, I'm just assuming. Um, you laugh, Jeff, but is, I bet you those, those, those two kids that we're talking about, a hundred percent, hundred percent. They'll by be the by the time they're, they're 35. By the time they're 35. So, okay, guys, time out, time out, time out. Jesus, we got people commenting. We got it. We got to, you know. You we are passionate, bro, uh, Curry. We, we, put, we are passionate. We, That's the problem. Yeah, you mad, bro. Can the rookie, <laughs> rookie, can we put you mad, bro's thing on, on here? I'm a millennial, and yes, we aren't all the same, but I have friends who complain about going to the office twice a week. COVID made people lazy. Yes, sir. You are 100% correct. Netflix um, made that, people I, lazy too. Contributed I totally to agree it. with you. Contributed Netflix. to their laziness. Yeah, let's get to Carrie. So, uh, again, Carrie Pahowski, thanks again for watching. You have commented before. We really appreciate it. I wanted to make sure yeah. the younger generation is more willing to spend because we are pretty much being told we are going nowhere anyway. So, what's the point in trying uh, when you just get told no anyways that is one mindset but at carrie i just know based on comments that you've had before that's not your mindset because then she followed it up with don't blame uh, a generation blame the people who raised them some of us are considered a millennial and we work our asses off absolutely spot on yeah. totally right and it's a lot a of it is the feels like if you're raised by a baby boomer you're a good millennial if you're raised by a gen xer a gen xer uh, you're a millennial that you yeah, get no. that that the stereotypical millennial in most cases is an individual that has been raised by a, a Gen Xer. Yeah, but yeah. then look at the Gen Xers. Again, I'm blanketing that's the it. first that's the first influx of uh, of the dual income family, the, the 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 mainstream dual income family, right? So yes, you can't be too hard on the Gen Xers because absolutely their parents, the Gen X parents said here here's a tablet here's something what do you want here take it because they're too busy working to get that bigger house that bigger bah, 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 bah. so are yeah. we doing it right did we do it right from a financial perspective i don't know i don't know well, from a financial perspective yes but from a family perspective it, it, it's going to be know. interesting i mean like at the end of the day it's a mindset and um here you know i i don't really subscribe to tony robbins uh, to be complete to be completely i think a lot of it a lot of his stuff that he does is, is showy and it's just not my cup of tea. Rah, rah, rah. Um, uh, yeah, you mad, bro. It's cowering away when adversity hits. He's 100% correct. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when, when you talk about it, um, you, you know, it, it's, it's, he said something along the lines of which was mathematically correct. So just put that little asterisk. 
if you use the proper return on investments. And he said, like, if you're in your late 20s, let's do a, ret a retirement piece, for example, and you put away $28,000 and you allow that to compound 8 to 10% a year, um, which is a bit higher risk and just don't yes. ever contribute again, like you're going to have a million dollars in retirement. It's mathematically possible and mathematically doable. Um, it's scraping together the $28,000 by the time you're in your mid to late 20s. That's the hard part. Um, and I think, you know, uh, and your retirement to, um, age is likely, you know, 65, 70 years old, right? Like it's not, well, and you're not retiring at 40 or 45. No, 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 you're not. No, you're not. Right. And, and, and even still, and even still that like, that, let's, let's put the this return is realistically 6% as a good well, return annually, right? Like, um, yeah, but here's, here's the, here's the key piece. When people post that stuff on Instagram, oh, I've been, I retired by the time I was 40 or I would retired by the time I was 30. Um, there's some influx of cash there. There's some yeah. people that like, that's not the full story. They're not these, you know, God given, you know, su superhumans. There's, there's, trust me, with someone who looks at financial plans every single day, deals with clients every single day. Yeah. There's a gap that they're not, that they're not showing you. So there's your there's your piece okay unless they're in that um, upper crust like the influencers or those ultra celebs there are some young kids that have that can shut her down at 25 man. let's let, you know let's let's be realistic yeah. right but that that's the anomalies that's not the uh not anybody uh, that any yeah. of us will likely come across right so I know Rookie's got a video he wants to show us because it went viral of a 29-year-old who is a million dollars in debt. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, let's, uh, Rookie, if you've got that teed up or just in, in our private chat, just uh, tee us up when you're ready to go live with that. That's actually a really good uh, video. I was in, I was I in debt by the time I was 32. I was in debt by over three mil, I think. Okay, he's good to go. Let's go. We let's have the video. probably just under a million dollars in debt, and we want to know how to get debt-free without filing bankruptcy. Okay, how much of that is a mortgage? Uh, the mortgage, about 210. So you have $600,000 in what? 335 is about in student loans. We both have advanced degrees, and then a lot, the rest is really credit cards and personal loans. Credit card and personal loans. So you have $300,000 of credit cards and personal loans? We have about so 335000 student loans and about 136000 in credit cards, 44000 personal loans, and 35000 car loans. Okay. Um, how old are you all? I'm 29. Okay. So oh what in the world? <laughs> so, yeah. I so mean, we, uh, are you both on this or is this just one of you that's completely lost your mind? Well, I have the majority of the student loans and he has the majority of the, of the credit cards. My my credit card debt is about, it's not great. Okay, it's so why does he, why is he at 29 years old run up a hundred grand in credit card debt? Well, he's, he's 32, but, um, I, I think it's one of those things where just making really poor financial decisions, thinking, be able to pay it down as you go, and then it, it doesn't it doesn't happen. Yeah. And okay, so you both have I, advanced degrees. What are your degrees in? We do. So I have a degree in both of our advanced degrees. No, he has an MBA, and I have an advanced degree in policy. I work in the government, <laughs> and we actually both do now at this point. Actually. Okay, so your household income is what? 
our household income is about two thirty. Okay. All right. Um, is there recognition on both of your parts how absurd this situation is? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, there is. Right. So I think we're both a bit scared and want to do anything we can to avoid. Okay, great. Then I'm, then, I'm, then I'm on your team. I can skip that step. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so as I said before, there's always more details to the story. And this is something that I wanted to really, you know, showcase. Thanks, Rookie, for teeing that up. That was an amazing clip. That was a great two-minute clip because it takes us to Talking Animals uh, um, um, comment. Agree, has there been this bad student loans for higher education? Can't even get a job out of school. So I think what what Zoomers specifically and millennials found out the hard way is you don't need a university education anymore. It there is no more ROI on on these university educations anymore. Well, um, just no. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish okay. my point. Okay, you have a bulk of people going to university getting a. GD arts degree, yeah. philosophy degree, psychology degree. Hey, uh, those are both mine. Degree. <laughs> like, philosophy, give me a psychology. yeah, but you're a yeah, but you're a lawyer. You yeah, yeah, no, 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 that no, no, into no. a law degree. Like, yes, give me yes, a break. Yes. No, no, but I'm just laughing. That you, you picked picked on my 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 two shitty subjects here. Great, like they they chose a you you are choosing degrees because you They're think that having a university degree is going to get you a job. No, it's the the economy has completely changed, especially with the advancement of AI. It's only going to get. Gary Lee uh, says post secondary is useless in today's day. Gary V, I knew what you meant. Gary yeah. V, no post secondary is useless in. Uh, sorry. Yeah, post-secondary well, no. is useless in today's economy. You know why? Because if you choose smart and you choose your degree properly or your diploma properly, or for crying out loud, you have no idea. Jeff can speak to this. Josh can speak to this. And Trevor, you deal with it too. How many tradespeople are making way over six-figure incomes? Yeah, but like, you still need post-secondary now for the trades. You need a little bit that's of not what he's. But that's not I what know. Gary okay. V is yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Gary okay. V is talking We got to just draw it. Distinction yeah. there. Yeah, I'm talking about the people who go to university and in the U.S. Now, that was a U.S. clip. So let's put yeah. context to that, where if you go to community college, it's 30 to it's 20 to 30 thousand dollars a year. It, you know, uh, American. Uh, forget about like a, a, a well-known college or university. I mean, you're you're paying 50, 60, 70 thousand dollars a year. Straight um, up comparison, Brent. I, I went to school and <laughs> I graduated in 2003 from law school. Yeah. John graduated in 2018, 15 years later. My law school cost me tuition wise in total. My law school cost me under $20,000. Holy, yep. Holy poop. John's law school cost him $120,000. That's just tuition. Yes, that's correct. That's so 15 point, years, right? So, But my point, and it's only going to get worse. I, I'm forecasting when I sit down with parents and we put we set aside either if they're using an RESP or a tax-free savings account to save, for, save a little bit for their child's education, I tell them all, the local university, which is Brock University here, we're forecasting just a, your local university where you don't have room and board is going to be $80,000 by the time your children who are like, you know, 
four, five, six, seven right now. So in another 10 years, it's going to be $80,000 for a four-year degree. So that's not books. That's not room and board. That's not food. That's not anything else. That's, that's just tuition. So put that into context. And when you decide to go to post-secondary, which is completely fine, make sure, think of it as a business decision. If you, you are, you got to look at it this way. Don't rush you it. You are the CEO of your own corporation. Now call it Talking Animals Incorporated. I'm just going to pick on you, Talking Animals. Talking Animals Incorporated. You're deciding to make an investment into Talking Animals Incorporated. And as a business owner, you got to look at that and go, is this $80,000, $100,000 education going to get me the return on investment that I need to pay it off? And you need to use a five-year break even. It's got to be a five-year break even. Why do I know that? Because every single one of us on this on this podcast and all of our clients who all own businesses and we have a ton of them all use a three to five year break even on the investment in their corporations. If they're going to buy a piece of equipment, if they're going to buy a building, if they're going to buy hire another new hire, because they know a new hire is at least 12 to 18 months before they start getting a break even return on investment. You have to do the exact same thing. So education is not where it used to be, where it was cheap, like Josh just said. It, it, you, you can't go to school anymore for an arts degree. It doesn't get you anything because employers are going are gonna to look at you and go, what do you bring to the table with an arts degree? It's a general arts degree. Right. Or I have no, I can't even tell you how many women when I was in, you know, this is going back 17 years ago. So Josh, you and I were in university all at the same time, all of us, people were in psychology, um, psychology, um, uh, child and youth studies, uh, arts, all this sociology, stuff. sociology. And I'm like, Oh, you guys want to be teachers. You want to be psychologists. You want to be, you know, gym teachers. You want to be that? No, 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 no. They all wanted just to get a degree. Well, that, that ship has sailed. Now, Josh's case, that makes complete sense because law school, med school, uh, chiropractic school, but, you know, it's a stepping stone. The higher the entry, the, the higher the grades, the better chance you get into those post grad schools. And so the strategy is to take courses as long as you meet your prerequisites that master your strengths in order to increase the grade in order to get into the post-grad, if that makes sense. So if you're strong in literature and you're strong in psychology and that's your passion, still want to be a lawyer, well then take the psychology course because sure. you're good at it and, and, your, and your grades are going to be high and you're going to be able to get into law school. Makes complete sense. All else being equal, take the easier path, right? Well, yeah, or take the easier, yeah, take the path of least resistance to get mm -hmm. your grades up. It makes complete sense. But, um, yeah, <laughs> and then talking, it, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, but the reality of it is I, I, I've been in business for 20 years, and I, I, I can tell you honestly, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but most of my clients that I have dealt with that are uber wealthy, are yep. relatively uneducated. Yep. 
right? There's a few things that factor in there. Um, the biggest one is- And let's, let's we'll put context to that, Josh. None of our, none of our friends, none of our crew, yeah. uh, all of them, if they had family businesses, all of them bought off of their parents. They did not get handed the business. Correct. So let's put that in. Yeah, that's one of or, your strategies for your, your company, yeah. right? I think I remember going to one of the seminars you guys wrote about. You build a business to sell it. You do not build a business to give it away. No. You build a business to sell it. You do not build a business to give it away. Do not but, give it away to your kids. But they'll they never of, appreciate it. They'll never appreciate it. They'll the never biggest thing with it. me bringing John on was my concern that he wouldn't appreciate it, right? Um, oh, but, but he, he's paying he you does. a good. He's yep. he's paying you. Yep. Yeah. So he didn't. He didn't. His was a hybrid between a a, a buy-in and a yep. good working arrangement, right? So he still has skin in the game, right? And that skin in the game makes you earn it. Makes him earn it, right? Makes you earn it. And and school does not teach you work ethic. It doesn't. It, it, it's it, too you know, hard. Oh, wasted time games. Okay, we got a we got a question for Josh Bond. Is it worth all the student loans to practice law? It's no secret lawyers make good coin. Does it all even out? I've talked to a few doctors who said it's not worth it. Uh, wasted time gains. One more quick question. We need clar clar uh, clarity on that. A few doctors who said it's not worth it to go into law or not worth it to go into <laughs> Well, uh, and, and, and we've talked about this before, Bond. Like, yeah. good lawyers make good money. Not all lawyers right. make good money, you know? There's, right. a, that, there's a lot of lawyers out there that don't make a ton. There's a lot of lawyers out there, and that's a common – like, there's a lot of lawyers out there that won't won't, won't break 100 grand annually, right? It's like so, real estate agents. Everybody thinks real estate agents just poop money out, right? No, yeah. like, if you're a successful realtor, yeah. like, in any industry, you'll make good money. My best advice and the only thing that I've ever done is bet on myself. Right. Yep. So if bet you yourself, feel confident that you can chances. bet on yourself, um, then do anything like the sky is the limit. Don't worry about the costs associated with it because you're going to do what you've got to do in order to come out to smell the roses and see the sunshine. Right. But I think like all four of us are fairly successful people and all that. And you know what? Anybody who wanted to take those chances, who'd be willing to talk to us about some of those chances ahead of time. Yep. We could easily guide them down the right road, you know. Happy it's to. A, you, you need to take chances in this in this world, I think, and you need calculated to bet on yourself. chances, though. Calculated, calculated chances. chances. Every chance I ever take was betting on the real estate market. Yep, and myself. Well, that's the, biggest, that's the best one. One of the betting best on ones. it, right? I didn't touch Bitcoin. I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole. But real <sighs> estate, if you look at its track record, is just. It depends, Jeff. Right? Because well, it was a little blip last year, but that's what I bet on. That's what well, I bet on for my 19-year career. I'm going to bet on that a lot of times, but I'm also going to bet on my RRSPs because I get the tax advantage for putting yeah. money away, right? Without so that's doubt. why it's it's and, a and, hybrid, and right? When you're self-employed, you definitely got to take advantage of RRSPs, and that's yeah. why we talked to Curry. But yeah. I don't look into that that much. I just say, Curry, no. what do I do? And he says, this, what do you do? Yep. I say, Bond, I got to do something legally. What do I yep. do? Yep. Whenever I want to take a mortgage on something, what do I do? That's yep. it. And yep. I trust you three guys. Correct. And my partner. Yep. And then I take calculated risks and the stuff that you guys advise me on. One, I know where all of you live, so. <laughs> but you, you're mad, bro. <laughs> That's yeah. The one thing that you, you have there is we, we, we all have that trusted, we have that trusted group, right? Like, you know what I mean? And not everybody has that. We're, we're, we, we live in a life of luxury because you know what? For crying out loud, I can call, I can pick up a phone <clears> and, and, and call 
Jeff anytime. I can pick up the phone, call Curry or Trev, or you know what I mean. We have we can that. just talk to each other at the Jays game, though. It's easier. Yes, hundred percent, and a lot more enjoyable. Some of us need invites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's good. Uh, <laughs> but it's true, shout though, and you know what? All four well, of us are the type of shout out. Another shout out to our good friend Adam Shields, who's watching the show. Just messaged me now, and uh, to answer your question, Shieldsy, the answer is yes. We'd love to have Lori on. So there you go. Tear up. Actually, while, um, while you're talking about shout outs here, Sink, I saw you have that 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 coffee mug earlier. Do you think we could get some like Yetis made with professional insight on it or anything like that? Yeah, we can do that. Hey, Brand Bull, I'd love to get that. Can you uh, can you guys get that teed up? I need a I know they can customize Yetis everywhere, but get us some of these bad boys with professional <laughs> insight. I'd take. I'd buy a couple. Um, Sync so, lips. Thanks, boys, for everything you do. Yeah, thanks again, guys. Thank you, BrandBoulevard.ca, for all of your merchandising, branding needs. Um, the uh, so I mean, we're getting close to the end of our show. Um, and so uh, just so everyone knows, in season six, we are now that the world has opened up, and and you guys are so bloody loyal, and we really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We are going to be working with Crier Media in order to um have an event, have a, like a live event, uh, an event where you can meet us and maybe ask a lot more questions. And I don't know how that's going to look. We're trying to work out details now. Can we have story Jay's time? Jay's game. Huh? Can we have story time? No, you, you know, we're not having story time again. No, we're not. Okay. No, we well, could have story watch. time, but we're going to have to filter no, the books it. that you bring on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, put it away. Um, so anyway, uh, is this like a summer thing or what? What's Tunny Kim? What's Tunny Kim? Trev? Huh? What? Tunny Kim. Yeah, the book held up there. What about the book? You don't want to know about his books. Don't worry the book. Don't. Tunny Kim. All right. What's Tunny Kim? Oh, Tunny Kim. Okay, I got it now. Yeah, We should go on record saying we don't think post-secondary education is a waste of time by any means or anything like that. No, we're not but saying what you that, do with it is important, right? So that's correct. Listen. What you choose to do with it. Gone are the days of just getting an arts degree and getting a, and then getting promoted at work. That's gone. It needs to be all businesses are looking into ROIs right now. Okay. So like if they don't see a value in your MBA, whereas back in the nineties, corporations it was very, very common to pay for full MBAs and executive MBAs. That's not the case anymore. They need to see an ROI on it. Um, but there is a lot of, a lot of risk, um, that you need to take in yourself. You got to believe in yourself and, uh, you know what, there's one more thing that I think all four of us on here and our friends who are all equally successful. Um, and if you, again, if you want some insights, guys, like guys and gals, email us, text us, uh, in, in info at professionalinsights.ca. Um, like you got questions out. about how we did it. You got questions yeah, about how like I, I started from nothing, how Jeff started from nothing or Trev or Brandon. We all started from squat. I didn't have a yep. pot to pee in. Neither did any of these guys, right? Now we're going through different times and we all took a little bit different journeys. But trust us, at one point in time, I had to crawl on my elbows. I had to go to a food yep. bank to get food. So... I doubt that there's tons of listeners out there that were in a rougher spot than some of us, right? So look at- I lost everything at 35. 
there's ways that right? you can switch with a, a gear. with a wife that was six months pregnant. So you know, uh, it, it, it you want to be scared. It was sca- like still to this day, I because I'm we're buying out my a senior advisor of the firm, right? We're scared, and mm. it's and you you my it's going to motivate opinion, you though, right? It motivates you. You need to be scared. Put yourself in situations where you're scared. Not like the caller that we just saw, not that two minute video where you, no. you racked up 600,000 of consumer debt. That's not what we're saying. Credit card we're debt's saying, dumb debt most of the time. Yeah. Not, not scared necessarily, but nervous, right? You're just nervous and you want to make sure you do it properly, right? Yeah, scared. A bit scared, nervous, scared, oh, right? Like damn that. right. You t- look I'm, at my bumps right now. I'm shitting my pants all the time. But right? So it's, you see it through. You see it through. But at the end of the day, you're betting on yourself and you know you're not going to fail. Yeah. Right? You're not going to let on yourself. yourself fail. Nope. You can't. It's just, it, and, and you just have to wake up and you're going to have a lot of sleepless nights. And let me tell you, it's not pretty and it's not, it's not okay. I mean, like Josh, like, yeah. And that's why a lot of people don't story. do it though, Brent, because no, it's not that's right. that, that what's my saying? I always screwed up, but I got a new one. That squeeze ain't worth the juice for a lot of people. Yep. Right. And that's the reality. And you have to, you can't sit there and whine and cry about it. Right. You can't. Yep. Because oh. at the end of the day, you put the effort in and you get the shit done or you don't. You want it, go get it. That's right. And at the end of the day, it to be handed to you, go get it. If you want, you want some guidance in terms of how to try to navigate to get there, ask. We'll be, you got four professionals right here that are happy to uh, give you some guidance in that. And, and you know what? To be honest, we have a lot of people that do take that up on us, you know, mm-hmm. take us up Absolutely. on it. Yeah. It's like coffees or lunches or, you know, just phone calls or text messages or whatever. And what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, and to be honest, to get to where all four of us got, we've made tons of mistakes. Guaranteed. And fell Asset. down tons of times, but we got Fun. back up, you know, and we, we look for more advice and more guidance and everything like that. And, and I'm and guaranteeing the you there's two yeah. guys for sure that we work with right now that are don't quote me, but Jeff, I believe they're under 25. I don't know about the older guy. That they will, by the times they're 35, be millionaires. And they're uneducated guys, Jeff, I think, eh, for the most part. But they're hardworking guys. Well, and they're very educated guys in the trades. In, in the, the trades. trades, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is, right. It's you're a whole right. different you're education. Right. Yeah. 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 Like there's right. book education. And, and I, I have a, a huge appreciation for the trades because I can't do any of that. Like, yeah. like no, Curry I don't even know how says, I swing a hammer and I cut my nails, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I can't do anything without bleeding somehow. Yeah. And I got a huge appreciation for these guys walking on trust. Absolutely. Put it together. I'm like, I don't know how you do that, but Passive. amazing, like super, super talented and by no means are uneducated. They're, they're super educated because it's just stuff that I don't yeah. do. So when Academic. We, when we talk, yeah. Like, yeah, we got to talk it. When we talk education, we talk education in the, in the literal post-secondary university come hell or high water sense. That's not more kind of Bondo about. style verbal and yeah. clauses no, no, and, no, no, you know, no, no, written stuff like should. that. But yeah, it's not for there's, everybody. There's, there's academia and, and education and everything. right? And stay no, and keep, keep in, keep remember universities and colleges are in the business to give out degrees and diplomas because, and they are in the business to keep selling you that. That's their business model. Now, if there's an ROI on on that diploma or or degree or that designation, when we're talking, then yeah, do it. Then make the investment as long as you have a three to five year break even period. And the final thing, don't like be on social media and retweet and share our show, please. But Mm -hmm. the key piece is 
Don't believe everything you see on social media. 90% of it is fake. Um, people are not honest. They're not transparent. At least us. Like, what would you hear right now? You just you just heard from a very successful lawyer that he was on a he, he had to go to a food bank. You just saw you just heard from a very, very successful realtor that he lived in his childhood home and bought it off his parents at a discount 19 years ago because he, and he lived there up and, and he was super, super successful. You just heard from a financial planner that had to start over at 35 because, you know, decisions with a six month old on the way. And Trevor has a very similar story too. So we're at least honest with you. Like we're at least telling you the freaking truth and recording it because you know what? Success is a very bumpy road. And as they famously say, you know, success is like an iceberg. You only see the top 10%. You don't see the bottom 90 of the, of the road that very few people travel. And um, very few people talk about that. We'll at least talk about it and we'll, we'll at least not um, sugarcoat it for you guys because it's one hell of a journey and it's not an easy journey. Um, well, I, got a, I, got one. I got a couple of quick points. Go. And then you're going to send us out. So you're going to, you're going to do your quick points and then you're going to send us out. Okay. I want to make sure Jeff or Trev don't have anything to add before I. No, I think it was a good, good episode. You know, it's uh a motivating episode. It's not, the sky isn't falling. Not at all. Um, my two points is one, I'm actually from South Porcupine, not Timmins. So any of my peeps from back home listening, I don't want any beef. I'm from South Porcupine, <laughs> not Timmins. Um, and number two, uh, a lot of times when you partner up, uh, life becomes uh, more complicated. Uh, but a lot of times uh, easier, right? So for uh, a lot of people, they've got a strong partner that's behind them that also helps them get to the point uh, where they are. So shout out to... like I, I, And you're talking spousal partners. partner or yeah. business partner too, right? Yeah. Both yeah. of them are equally... I, I always say I got two wives Both. and one's my, my business partner. Yep, absolutely, right? So they are gnarly uh, relationships sometimes and they're very tough to navigate. Uh, but they're also very valuable if you, you, you take your time and you choose them properly. Uh, so uh, help us help you stay informed. Out. Thanks, everybody. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? 
Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.